0: you, may be seated. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, and that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all people will know you are my disciples, if you love one another, be imitators of God as dearly loved children and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Ahmad Arbery, Brianna Taylor, George Floyd these are the latest in the names of black men and women who have been unjustly killed in our country. I said these are the latest names, not the only names. The struggle for justice is real for people of color in our country. After watching what happened to George Floyd in Minneapolis, Minnesota this past Monday night on video and watching other videos throughout the course of this week. I am heartbroken. I am sickened. And I am angry. George Floyd was handcuffed, restrained, defenseless. George Floyd died because a white police officer used his knee to pin the neck of George Floyd to the pavement for several minutes all along while George Floyd and other bystanders were pleading and begging and crying out for mercy, crying out to let him sit up, to let him breathe to let him have some water. This tragedy happened as three other officers were at the scene. They watched and they did nothing to provide help and assistance to George Floyd. I know these four officers do not represent all police officers. And I know the Minneapolis Police Department does not represent all police departments across our great nation. There are far, far more fantastic, wonderful, good police officers than bad police officers. We appreciate our fine law enforcement officers. We love our fine law enforcement officers. We need our fine law enforcement officers. Law enforcement officers put their lives at risk as they serve and protect us, our families, and our communities. Law enforcement officers have an extremely difficult job. God has established government, law, and law enforcement to help us to protect the innocent and to convict the guilty. We have some of the finest law enforcement officers around as members of our church family. I also know we should not ignore racial injustice, which most often stems from the root sin, the root problem, the root plague, and as a friend of mine shared with me this week, the root pandemic of racism. The sin of racism, like all sin, is fathered and fueled by our enemy, Satan, and is designed to steal, kill, and destroy us. Thankfully, we are victors over sin, Satan, and death in Christ Jesus, amen? We are members of God's family by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. What that means is that means this. We are family in Jesus. Say that with me. We are family in Jesus. Say it again. We are family in Jesus. You see, we have the same Father. God is our good, good Father, and we are loved by Him. We have the same blood, the perfect cleansing blood of Jesus Christ, which takes away our sin. We have the same future and eternity with God in heaven one day waiting on us. We have the same focus, and that is to become more and more like Jesus every moment of every day. We have the same instructions, the God's Word of truth and love and life for each one of us. We have the same power, the Holy Spirit of God lives in each one of us, and the Holy Spirit of God enables and empowers us to understand and obey the truth of God's Word as we walk by the Spirit and not the flesh. Change must start with us. Change must start with us. Change must must happen in us. So that change can be seen through us as followers of Jesus Christ. By all those that God places around us. As we share often, as followers of Jesus Christ, we are ministers for Jesus Christ. And let me just share with you this morning, our congregations are watching and listening closely. Your congregation that God has given to you is watching and listening very closely. Here's the good news. Change is possible for us because God is at work in us, changing and transforming us into the likeness of his son, our savior, Jesus Christ, moment by moment, step by step, day by day. So change is possible for us. And so, one simple question this morning that we're going to explore is how should we respond? How should we respond to the evil of racial injustice, the tragedies that we have seen recently, the evil of racism, how should we respond as followers of Jesus Christ? And I'm excited to share with you God has provided us some answers to this question in his word. So let's just look at these steps that we need to take, that we should take as followers of Jesus Christ in response to all that we see going on around us and. Our great nation, number one, we must turn to God. We should turn to God. We should turn to God immediately. Turning to God immediately helps us to walk by the Spirit, not the flesh. Turning to God immediately keeps us from turning on one another. Turning to God immediately indicates our submission to God. Turning to God immediately indicates our dependence on God. You see, we need to turn to God immediately so that we can think the ways God wants us to think, so that we can feel the ways God wants us to feel, so that we can do and say what God wants us to do and say. You see, we need to hear from God each and every day, all throughout the day, especially now. One way we turn to God immediately is by getting into God's word. We need God's direction, guidance, wisdom, and perspective. And we find this in much, much more in the Word of God. As Paul told us in Ephesians 5, beginning in verse 15, pay careful attention then to how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. How true, how relevant are those words to us today? Amen? We understand the Lord's will as we look into the Lord's word. We follow the Lord's will by the Lord's power at work in us day by day. So real quickly, as we look into God's word, let me just share a couple of points, and then we'll continue moving forward. As we look into God's Word, God instructed us about government. God instructed us about government. In Romans chapter 13, in verse 1, the Apostle Paul wrote these words, "...let everyone submit to the governing authority, since there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are instituted by God." The Apostle Paul here issued an imperative. It's an actual command. And he said that everyone, that means each one of us, everyone is to submit to. That means we're to line ourselves up under the governing authorities over us. The reason God told us in that passage through Paul, the reason is God established the governing authorities over us. I like how one Bible scholar put it, the authority behind the authorities is God, And so we know and understand God established government, law, and order to help us. If you continue reading in chapter 13, Paul goes on to say that government is God's servant to us for good. It helps to protect law-abiding citizens. It helps to convict law-breaking citizens. It helps to serve as a deterrent to people who want to do wrong or seek revenge or take matters into their own hands. Unfortunately, not all governments and law enforcement agencies and law enforcement officers properly fulfill their duties. There are some who abuse and misuse their authority. Paul certainly understood this years ago, just as we understand this today. Paul suffered abuse and misuse At the hands of governing authorities, just like so many people of color in our nation today are suffering abuse and misuse at the hands of governing authorities. We also see, secondly, that God in His Word has instructed us about injustice. King Lemuel wrote these words in Proverbs 31. Book of Wisdom, verses eight and nine. Speak up for those who have no voice, for the justice of all who are dispossessed. Speak up, judge rightly righteously, and defend the cause of the oppressed and needy. We are commanded, again, this was an imperative from King Lemuel. We are commanded to speak up for those who have no voice. We're commanded to speak up for those who have suffered injustice. We're commanded to speak up for those who are abused, oppressed, and mistreated. Listen, we all bear the image of God. We all bear God's image, the Imago Dei. We all bear the image of God. We are all Created by God uniquely, fearfully, wonderfully in his image. Every one of us. Life is a gift, a grace, a blessing from God to each one of us. God did not make a mistake in creating each one of us. God did not make a mistake in giving each one of us the color of our skin. Red and yellow, black and white, we are all precious in God's sight. We believe in the sanctity of human life. So we must therefore speak up against the senseless destruction of human life. And it's best to speak up once we've turned to God. Because then he is the one who speaks to us and through us at the right time, in the right way to all those God places around us. And his words of life and love and truth come flowing out of us. So first and foremost, my brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, what we need to do is we must turn to God. Secondly, we should weep. We should weep. The scriptures teach us that we're to rejoice with those who rejoice and that we're to weep with those who weep. As followers of Jesus Christ, we should weep over the unjust deaths of Ahmad Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd. We should weep for their family and friends who are mourning and experiencing sorrow for their loss. We should weep over the chaos and destruction that we see happening in Minneapolis and in other cities across our great nation. We should weep out of our love and compassion for our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus of color. We should weep out of our love and compassion for our brothers and sisters of color for the hurt and the pain and the struggle that racism and racial injustice cause for them and their families. We should weep over the continued sin and devastation of racism in our country. We should weep over the success that Satan is having in turning believers away from obeying God and turning believers away from speaking the truth of God to those that God places around them. We should weep over the success Satan, the God of this age is having in keeping the minds of unbelievers blinded to the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. We should weep as followers of Jesus Christ. Over the devastating effects of sin that is running rampant in our world today. Third, we should pray. We should pray because God commands us to pray. We should pray because we need to pray. We should pray because prayer works. Quite simply, prayer works. You know this as well as I do. Prayer works, amen? Prayer works. We see that Paul encouraged Timothy in this regard. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, these are the words that Paul shared with Timothy years ago. First of all, then I urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone. Say Everyone. Everyone for kings and all those who are in authority so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good and it pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. We should pray for the family and friends of Ahmaud Arbery, Brianna Taylor, George Floyd, and all those who have suffered greatly due to the impact of racial injustice within our country. We should pray for our authorities to properly use their authority. We should pray for justice to be served and peace to be restored. We should pray for the protection of all law enforcement officers and everyone as peace is restored in the cities around our great nation. I said we should pray for everyone because that's what the Word of God says. We should pray for everyone, all those in law enforcement, all those governing authorities, all those who are in the public realm, for one another as peace is restored in our country. We should pray because prayer helps us to turn to God. We should pray because prayer helps us depend on God. We should pray because prayer helps us persevere in our faith in God. We should pray because prayer pleases God. That's what Paul said. We should pray because God is the one who can bring lasting change to what we see happening. And we must beg and plead for our God to bring the change that only he can bring. We should pray for God to be glorified through this tragedy, through these tragedies, and through what's going on in these days. We pray, and we should pray, that people turn to Jesus because Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. We need, as a fourth step, to embrace forgiveness. Thankfully, Jesus Christ purchased our forgiveness on the cross of Calvary when he shed his perfect, precious blood for us to take away our sins. John told us in 1 John 1 and verse 9 that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and righteous, and he will forgive us our sins, and he will purify, cleanse us of all our unrighteousness. You know this as well as I do, that God convicts us of our sin because he loves us. God convicts us when we sin against him because he wants us to confess our sins so that he can restore us and continue using us according to his purposes and will and work In his world. And so, as followers of Jesus Christ, we must embrace forgiveness. We really don't have any other option. Embracing forgiveness for us, as followers of Jesus Christ, is a twofold decision. That means we must seek forgiveness, and that means we must show forgiveness, because that's the way we embrace true forgiveness. And so, as followers of Jesus Christ, We should humbly ask God to forgive us for any insensitivity to racial injustice. We should ask God to forgive us for any root of the sin of racism in our hearts and minds. We should humbly ask God to forgive us for responding Without love and compassion and truth, we should ask God humbly to forgive us for ignoring this evil problem of racial injustice. You see, ignoring the problem perpetuates the problem. We should Humbly ask God for his forgiveness for rationalizing and minimizing the tragedies that we see going on and the impact and effects of racial injustice and racism in our country. We do this when we focus all of our attention and anger on the response of the people rather than on the reality of the problem. You see, so many at times get focused on the response of the people and boy, you get passion there. But it begs the question, where's the passion for the reality of the problem? The reality is this. George Floyd was handcuffed, restrained, defenseless, and he died a cruel, painful death. Brianna Taylor was asleep in bed when she died in her sleep, as multiple bullets riddled her body. Ahmad Arbery was out for a jog when he was killed. the reality of the problem must carry our attention so that change can happen. The response of the people, nobody's defending that. That must be tended to as well, but it cannot overwhelm and become the sole focus because then that leaves the reality of the problem to continue on and on. And it's already continued on and on enough. see, as followers of Jesus Christ, we must humbly ask for the forgiveness of those around us that we may have hurt or offended by our insensitivity through what we've said, through what we've posted, through the ways we've responded to what we see going on around us. And then as followers of Jesus Christ, we must also show forgiveness to those around us, to those who seek our forgiveness and to those who don't seek our forgiveness. We not only seek it, but we must show it so that anger and bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness and sin doesn't find a home in our hearts. And so we must show forgiveness as our magnificent Lord and Savior demonstrated for us as he prayed for those, the very ones who were crucifying him, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. What a model of forgiveness for you and for me today to show forgiveness as Jesus showed forgiveness as he continues to show forgiveness to us on a moment-by-moment, day-by-day basis. The next step that we need to take is that we need to listen to one another. We need to listen to one another. Listen now, the church, the body of Christ Jesus, should be the safest place on earth for us to share with one another and listen to one another based out of our love and respect for one another. There should be no greater place Than the church, the body of Christ, to make headway in a positive direction. Scripture teaches us, James told us, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Solomon told us in Proverbs 1 and verse 5 let a wise person listen and increase his learning. Let a persons seek to gain guidance as they seek discernment. You see, a discerning person looks to the Word for the guidance that they so desperately need. They listen so that they can increase in learning. So we see from Scripture, we need clearly, most importantly, to listen to God each day. First and foremost, we must listen to God. We must turn to him immediately, and we must stay beside him throughout the day so that we can hear from him by his Holy Spirit at work in our lives. We must listen to the word of God spoken and preached and taught to us. We must listen to the Holy Spirit of God as he takes this word and makes it real to our lives. But listen, my brothers and sisters, we must listen to one another. We must take time to listen to one another. That means we must do life with one another and we must listen to one another. What am I talking about? I'm talking about our white brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus need to listen to our brothers and sisters of color in Christ Jesus. And vice versa. Because I'm reminded that the Proverbs teach us that he who answers before listening, that's folly and shame. That means it's not wise to do it. But unfortunately, there's a whole lot more speaking than listening going on. Why is it so important to listen to one another? It's real simple. When we listen, we learn. When we listen, we learn. We learn how to bear one another's burdens. We learn how to bless one another. We learn how to encourage one another. We learn how to help one another. We learn how to love one another. We learn how to pray for one another. We learn how to serve one another. We learn how to show compassion to one another. We learn how to minister to one another when we listen to one another. Hey, we learn how to walk in one another's shoes when we listen to one another. I do my best to run as often as I can throughout the days of the week. Try to make sure I'm out and about running five or six days a week if possible. The only thing that I have to worry about when I go out for a jog is tripping and falling on the concrete and just laying myself out in front of everybody to see. That's about it. That's about my only concern. But it breaks my heart that my brothers and sisters of color don't share that same freedom. You see, when they go out for a jog. They have concerns that I don't have. And that shouldn't be. That just should not be. We must Listen to one another. We must sit down and do life and listen and allow one another to share because we're able to learn so much about one another and we become stronger together as family. In Christ Jesus in that way our sixth step that we need to take is is we need to teach God's word we got to teach God's word Jesus told us that we are to teach others to obey and observe everything he's commanded us in his word so we must teach God's word You see, God tells us in his word, and when we teach God's word, we begin to understand and realize that we are to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we're to love our neighbor as ourselves, because there are no commandments greater than these. We understand and begin to realize and learn that we are to do unto others as we would have them do unto us. We begin to teach the word of God, and we realize that our battle isn't against flesh and blood. Our battle is against Satan and demonic forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You see, we learn as we teach God's word that we're not one another's enemies. We are on the same team in Christ Jesus. We are not enemies. Satan is our enemy, and we understand and realize that we begin to learn that we can take God's escape route out of every temptation that we face because our awesome and almighty God gives us an escape route out of every temptation we face. You see, when we teach God's word, we are reminded that our enemy, our adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone he can devour. That is why we must be sober-minded and alert. We must be on guard so that we don't give in to the temptations and the accusations and the Lies and the doubts of our enemy. We understand and realize that we're to look not only to our own interests, but also to the interests of others. We begin to realize as we teach God's Word that we are to, in humility, consider others better than ourselves. We understand and realize we're not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think of ourselves. You see, we're to look to serve one another. We're to look to encourage one another so that none of us will be hardened by sin's deception. We understand and realize that we are to love one another as Christ loved us, that we are to reach out to one another, that we are to minister to one another, that we're to carry one another's burdens, that we're to be kind and compassionate to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other because that is exactly what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. We begin to realize as we teach God's Word in Romans chapter 12 that we're not to repay evil for evil but we're to give careful, considerate thought to make sure that we do what is honorable in everyone's eyes because if possible, as far as it depends on us, we need to live at peace with everyone. And friends, let me just let you understand and realize we're not to avenge ourselves because we're to leave room for God's wrath because it is written vengeance belongs to the Lord I will repay says the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and he knows how to repay he knows when to repay and when he repays it's always just righteous and true and on point you see we need to teach what God's word says teach the truth about racism and here's the truth about racism it's sin It's sin. I love what my brother, pastor, and author, Tony Evans said. He said, racism is not first and foremost a skin problem. It's a sin problem. And it is a sin problem. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we understand and realize the word of God tells us that we are to confess and forsake our sin because we're not to allow sin to reside inside our lives. And so we must teach God's word. But here, don't miss this now. We must also obey God's word. Teaching is important, and oh, do we need to teach it. Reading the word of God is important, and oh, do we need to read it. But we must obey it. You see, we hide this word in our heart so that we will not sin against the Lord. We must obey This word. We do not respond to injustice, evil, and wrong with injustice, evil, and wrong. That makes no sense. And as we see clearly, that leads to more anger, chaos, fear, destruction, pain, and loss. We Respond to evil, wrong, and injustice in the spirit, not the flesh. In the grace, strength, love, and wisdom of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And then the seventh and final step that we need to take is we must trust God. We must trust God. God is our hope, God is our healer, God is our help, amen? God is our hope, our help, and our healer. If there is going to be any positive lasting change, it's going to happen by God's grace at work, by God's wisdom at work, by God's love at work, by God's power at work in and through us, his kids. That's how it's going to happen. We must not continue to look to the world to solve sin issues. We must look to the Word to solve sin issues. And that must start with us because we are the light of the world. And as Jesus said, you don't put a lamp on a stand and put a cover over it. No, you put it on the stand and you let it shine brightly so that everyone in the house can see. And we're to let the light of Christ shine through us so that everyone's able to see our good deeds and give glory to our Father in heaven. We must trust God, listen now, to change us. We must trust God to change us. We must trust God to help us obey his word. We must trust God to help us do unto others what we would have them do to us. We must trust God to empower us to be the hands and feet of Jesus to all those God places around us. We must trust God to help us be effective Witnesses for Jesus. And we must trust God to use us to bring healing and help and hope to what we see going on around us. The truth is, the answer for each one of us is Jesus. The answer for all of us is Jesus. Hope for the hurting. Hope for the lost world around us. Hope for everything that we see going on around us is found in the relationship with God. By God's grace, through our faith in Jesus Christ. we've found that hope that hope is ours in christ and so we must continue to live out of that hope that is ours in christ jesus well pastor what do we do how can we continue to to worship how can we continue to follow the lord when when we're seeing and we're reading and we're hearing things from our brothers and sisters in Christ that don't line up with the Word of God? How do do we keep moving forward? How do we stay connected to the body of Christ? How do we stay connected to one another? when we see these things happening within the body of Christ. Well, my encouragement is simply this, to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fix our eyes on Jesus Christ, the author and perfect of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning at shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We need to consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that we will not grow weary and so that we will not lose heart." We fix our eyes on Jesus, He's our hope, we fix our eyes on Jesus, He's our help. We fix our eyes on Jesus, He's our wisdom. We fix our eyes on Jesus, He's our grace, we fix our eyes on Jesus, He's our mercy, we fix our eyes on Jesus, He is our love. We fix our eyes on Jesus. And we humbly walk as Jesus walked, step by step, day by day, in his strength, for his honor, for his glory. So let's turn to God. Let's talk with God. And let's trust in God. Because it is his breath, In our lungs. So, therefore, we are to pour out our praise, our honor, our glory, our lives to Him and to Him alone. Locked arm in arm with our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. God is worthy all of our praise, honor, and glory. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. I want to encourage my brothers and sisters in Christ to take this time and to begin to pray. Those who are with us by stream, I want to encourage you just to begin to kneel and pray. Those who are here in person, if you want to come and kneel and pray as the Lord is speaking and moving and working, let's spend time as brothers and sisters in Christ, crying out to the Father, allowing God by his Holy Spirit to search us, to speak to us, to challenge us, to convict us so that he might continue changing us to be more like Jesus. Let's just ask God to to start his work in us and to do his work through us. So that He can use us to minister to those He places around us. And then, friend, let me just encourage you if you have not yet received God's gift of salvation by God's grace through your faith in Christ Jesus, as we shared this morning, hope is found only in a relationship with God by faith in Jesus. Let me encourage you to Receive God's gift of salvation by placing your faith in Jesus this morning. Jesus took our place on the cross. He paid our price for sin. He died on the cross. He was buried in the tomb. He rose again on the third day, victorious over sin and death for you and for me. He is alive and desires a relationship with each one of us. God loved us so much, he sent Jesus to rescue us. Why? Because we needed to be rescued from our sins. And the scripture says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. So let me encourage you, friend. If you've not yet received salvation, then let me challenge you to pray a a simple prayer like this. We pray because God calls us to pray. God is the one who saves us. A prayer doesn't save us. God saved us because he knows us and he knows our hearts. But it is through prayer that we confess our sin to him. And we declare that we desire a relationship with him. And so you can pray a prayer similar to this. Father God, I thank you for today. And I know I'm a sinner. And I know my sin separates me from you. And I know I need a Savior. And I believe Jesus is my Savior. I believe Jesus lived a perfect life died a perfect death, was buried and rose again on the third day. I believe Jesus is the only way to you, God. And I believe Jesus loves me and wants a relationship with me. And so as best as I know how, God, I confess my sins to you. I repent of my sins. I turn from living my way. And God, I, I humbly turn to live your way. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and ask Jesus to come into my life and to change me from the inside out, from this day forward. Thank you, God, for hearing my prayer. Thank you, God, for saving me. And God, now will you... Help me to live my life for you from this point forward. Father God, we thank you that you are our hope. You are our healer. You are our help. We thank you, Father God, that you have provided your son Jesus for us. And Father, we just acknowledge again today we need Jesus. We need Jesus every moment of our day, every step of our way. And Father, we long to be effective ministers for Jesus. We long to minister to those you have placed in our congregations around us. And God, if that's gonna happen the way you want it to happen, we gotta have your help. And so Father, we ask now that you would just minister to each one of us. God, I pray that you would minister to all those who are hurting. I pray that you would minister to our brothers and sisters of color, Father God. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would bless them and encourage them. God, I pray that you would effect change, true change, lasting change, and God, would you start with us? Would you allow that change to happen in us so that it can go through us, God? Father, we ask that you would continue bringing honor and glory to praise in our lives, in this church family, and Your ministries here in your church, literally around the world, God, as you continue your work in your world for your honor and name, fame, praise, and glory. Father, we thank you for the part we have to play. We submit and surrender ourselves to you once again today. And we ask that you would fill us with your spirit so that we can be empowered to live your way today in each day you choose to give us this week. For it is in Jesus' powerful name we pray, amen and amen.